This is Michael Warner, and you are listening to Escambia Empires. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to episode 34 of Escambia Empires. We are excited, as always, that you've joined us today. Here I am with my brother, Danny. How you doing, Danny? I'm doing good tonight. How are you? I'm doing really good. I'm excited about the show that we just recorded. So um, this episode, we are featuring Jeremy Harris. And Jeremy is a business owner. He owns um, three businesses, and he runs a church, which is a nonprofit. And so he essentially (laughs) talks about how he has to run that as a business as well. So he's got four businesses underneath his belt, and um, he's just really got a lot of knowledge. He's really, we talked about a ton of different things about... um, coaching and consulting that's his newest venture um how to know how what rates to charge and how to deal with imposter syndrome um different things like that and just just general business principles um how to utilize systems to scale and grow quickly it was yeah. just awesome I yeah i it. think that's definitely his focus he talks about um emphasizing your systems and processes which is is definitely a problem that a lot of small businesses struggle with especially starting out um and that's also why he's kind of dipped into the coaching industry is to kind of he convey those help. yeah convey those things that um that he struggled with himself getting started in in entrepreneurship So, yeah, all that and more in today's episode, Um, and thank you for listening. Yeah, here's Jeremy Harris. Mr. Harris, we're excited to have you on the podcast tonight. happy to be here, for sure. Fantastic. So, um, let's go ahead and just start by uh, just give everybody a brief overview of who you are. You got your fingers in a lot of pies, so um, just kind of give us an overview of the things you're involved in, and we'll jump into it from there. Yeah, so top down, you know, I'm a dad. A husband, family of uh, nine, seven kids. I love that you let off with that. It shows <laughs> yeah. where your priorities are. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Uh, well, they're expensive, and so <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, where your money's spent. That's, that's where your right. heart is. Yeah. So uh, you know, my wife and I just actually this weekend celebrated 19 years. Congrats! Wow, congrats! Uh, so yeah, so we're we're excited about that. Just you know, we're defying the odds and uh, not becoming the statistic as it as it were. So. Yeah. Started out real young, made it work, had lots of problems. Really young? You know? how, how young did you get married? So she was 18 and I was 19. Okay. So, so really she was young. already pregnant with our first, which is my oldest now. Mm. He's 19. Wow. So long time ago. That yeah. is crazy. <laughs> Interesting. And then I've got, you know, somebody in, in uh, almost every age range, of, of <laughs> course, and my youngest is two. Oh, man. So, so you yeah. still, yeah, you're not out of the woods yet at all. You still got your hands full. <laughs> yeah, it is. It, they're they're pretty full. So the older ones are pretty good about taking care of the younger ones. Is, there you, you go. Know, but, uh, you can, yeah, you raise up kids and train right, them. To, exactly. Yeah, there you go. Yeah, That's delegation run, run right businesses there. Yep, and correct. change diapers. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah, you got the, the, the whole range there. That's so. right. That's awesome. Okay, so that's your family, and yeah. um, what else you got going on? Yeah, so I also pastor a church. Um, it's you know it's as involved as I I want it to be for for where it is. That's really why my wife and I moved to Florida. Hmm. Uh, our passion's always been ministry and helping people, however we knew how. And um, so what we found though is a lot of times, not always, but a lot of times, ministry doesn't pay the bills mm-hmm. um, like yeah. we want. But we it wasn't something we wanted to give up. So I, I just have always been entrepreneurial mind, had that mindset. And uh, for me, it was a little bit of selfishness. I just wanted to be in control of my schedule. Hmm. I wanted to be in control of, you know, if I wanted to go to a, a meeting or something out of town, you know, being able to just go mm-hmm. and not have that, um, you know how it is with, with full-time jobs. You have to find out if you can take the time off and have vacation. Yeah, you're yep. requesting. Yeah, mm-hmm. so on top of that, just having the limitation of uh, of income. So my first big successful, I say successful business because I've started a lot of unsuccessful businesses. <laughs> uh, most entrepreneurs you talk to I probably- I was just going to say, yeah, would, many would entrepreneurs say have, yeah. yeah. And uh, had a t-shirt company, had a couple online companies. Um, and so my first successful was power washing. And I didn't know didn't know really what I was doing, but I got online and I searched for, and I think it's a misconception. I wasn't searching for something that I enjoyed. Um, you can do a lot of things that you don't enjoy for oh, yeah. a short amount of time. Correct. If the money's right. Yeah. You know. So I looked for something that was a low entry point as far as cost goes, high profit margins, and really for our area, it fits great because it's almost year round. Hmm. Yeah. So it's been about six years and I've really, excuse me, I've really grown that business into something that can not only support my family, but support other business ideas, right? Because the cash flows there and Hmm. um, it's, it's a relatively easy business to run. So through that, pardon me, um, my wife and I, 
Pardon me again. No, you're good. <laughs> we uh, we found a coffee shop that we loved to hang out That's at. That's where yeah. I met you. <laughs> right, yeah, right. Or connected with you. Yeah. So we uh, we decided we didn't want to start another business, but we wanted to buy a business that was already going. And so that was the route we took with the coffee shop. It had been in business for two years prior to us. And okay. uh, so it had been around for a while. Definitely popular on the UWF you know, mm-hmm. circle. Yeah, and, it's up there on Nine Mile yep. where there's a lot of traffic. Right. Lot, and the atmosphere is fantastic. You know, people can come in, they can sit and enjoy. Um, it's not real fast paced. Yeah. You know, there's no drive through up there. So you can just come in and veg. Yeah. And the atmosphere is fantastic. The coffee is, I mean, I'm a little biased, but it's second <laughs> to none. You know, yeah. it's, it's, yeah. it's good coffee. So that's kind of where that was. And um, it kind of made us, it, we learned a lot from that experience of course we we still have the shop but uh just holding on to that through covid and yeah how did things change for for the shop during covid did you guys have to shut down at all yeah so so we we had to shut down actually i think it's been right at 12 months Mm, Uh, since we shut down it was the end of march so just short of uh, 12 months into march we shut down for the last week of march all of april and i got tired of it yeah. So I opened back up first of May. Um, Good for you. Yeah. First of it's May. Like, we, no, I'm, I'm, we're done with this. We're, we're yeah. done. <laughs> we're not doing this. You know, we took all the precautions that we thought were necessary at the time. Yeah. And, um, but we, we lost a chunk of money, you know. I bet you did. All our profits for the year essentially are gone during that month. Wow. You yeah. know. Wow. Uh, Where you're just not operating lost. at all. Mm-hmm. Right. And we were still paying rent. And uh, we chose not to participate in a lot of the government um Funds and things were available just out of council. You know, mm. count, the council that we had was, hey, it sounds good. It may work, but you may end up having to pay it back. Mm-hmm. And we're like, we don't, we don't even want to play we're that not game. Interested yeah. in any right. loans? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hmm. especially when you know, um, when you know who holds the loan. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> right. yeah. So I didn't want to, just didn't want to have that chance, and because we didn't know what was going to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we were closed for uh, right at six weeks. Came back to very slow. Uh, business flow was super slow. Well, I'm sure a lot of people didn't even realize that you were open. That was was how it was for us. Yeah. You know, just getting people back in the groove of knowing we were here, but so much of our, our business revolved around UWF being open. So they send everybody home. Yeah. Uh, Yeah. So they didn't even actually start coming back full uh, campus. I don't even know if they still are, but more of them, uh, February of this year. Okay. That's how long it's been since we've really Yikes. seen. Okay. So uh, probably the pressure's lifted just a little bit for you now in the last month or so. Yeah. It's a little bit less. Uh, there's always a catch up, right. That's there yeah. because that six weeks is gone or, right? you know, mm-hmm. you never get that back. People won't come in and say, you know what? During COVID, I didn't come in and buy my five coffees. I'll buy an so, extra coffee now. Yeah, let me go ahead and get those now. They <laughs> yeah. just don't, they All right, just we got a to-do list item for tomorrow, Dan. <laughs> yeah, five coffees each. Yeah. <laughs> um, but, you know, we're we're getting there. Uh, the, the pace is coming back. What we are missing still uh, is people that are having meetings, coming to coffee shops to have meetings. Hmm. They aren't doing that. Hmm. You know, there's still Zoom meetings and... So we're not seeing a lot of that like we used to. Do you think that will ever come back in full of th- where it was before? I think it has to. Um, I don't know that it's going to be like in the next 12 months. Mm-hmm. But I, I think ultimately people are getting tired of not having connect, connect connections. Yeah. It's different yeah. in real life. Yeah. You know? yeah. And I think just as an underlying humanistic principle, we have to have those that connections with people. Yeah. 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 And uh, so I think that uh, we're in a great state to keep moving forward and, you know, keep, keep, uh, I I guess the right word is regain momentum, you know, because we had momentum when we first came in. Yeah. New owners, fresh shop. We were excited. We were doing crazy fun things. Mm -hmm. And then cut off. Yeah. You steam kind of like you lose your steam. So we're trying to just like get back into it and, and really start being more effective in our community really yeah. Is, yeah. is what it boils down to. So. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Okay. And we can come back to, I feel like there's a lot of things here. We could talk, we could take one episode and just talk about the coffee Absolutely. shop or the t-shirt yeah. company, yeah, you know, for sure. Um, <laughs> so those are uh t-shirt company, coffee shop. And then, yeah. So power washing, and, okay. Uh, is one, one of our big things. And of course, um, 
you know, having success in some of those areas, one of my biggest things, maybe from a ministerial standpoint, is being able to help other business owners to the best of my ability. Mm-hmm. And so what I can do, just like anything else, is take the experience that I have, uh, the knowledge that I have, the the lessons that I've learned, and uh, more or less, you know, consult and coach other business owners that have been in this position or similar to be able to kind of flatten the curve for lack of a better term yeah. between starting out and success yeah, and uh, trying to kind of de- demystify that a little bit. Um, there's a lot of misconceptions about what it takes to go from really any, any business structure is pretty much the same. You're trying to achieve the same goal. You're trying to bring attention to your message, you know, bring awareness to your message and, and ultimately get people to respond. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So every, Business is like that. Every company essentially has that same underlying model that's there. Um, but what I found with pressure washing was it's such an easy model to scale. Mm. So I said, well, what other businesses are like this that I can help someone really, you know, flatten that curve? Mm-hmm. Uh, so what I did was I started to just kind of analyze the steps that I that I take and that I took yeah. to get to where I was. Because now you've done it several times. Yeah, few times. done it. Yeah. And so we started to document, you know, all those steps. Hey, mm. this is what it's going to take to get there. And so what we do is we, and my wife's, you know, very helpful in that area is, is we help other business owners. And a lot of times it's service-based businesses. Okay. So when I say that, I mean janitorial, um, power washing, you know, auto detailing, things where you're not necessarily having an inventory or brick and mortar uh, there's a lot more that goes into that. You're going out and performing a job. Yeah. Yeah. The the process is the same. You're still trying to get people attracted to your message and, uh, you know, get their attention. And then, of course, uh, sell them something. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Whether it's a cup of coffee, a T-shirt, a power washing job or even a coaching package. Yeah. You know, it's all the same. And so. um But what I have found is uh, there's a lot of business out there that need help. Many of them just don't know that they need help, Mm -hmm. you know, and so it's a better utilization of my time. Um, All my other businesses are running pretty much uh, without me. You know, they they definitely have oversight, but it's something where I can step away and say, yeah, now I want to help other people. Of course, it opens my client base up to the United States or or further. Much bigger. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Not just local. So that's kind of where I see uh, me going. you know, in the next few years of my life is just to be able to help other businesses. I I don't, I don't know that I'll start another business. Like I said earlier, wasn't really like something I (laughs) looking back, like it's enjoyable. I love the adventure of starting a new business. And there are people out there that that's all they do is start business. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's really what fires me up, you know, is is opportunity. Right. That's what it is. That's what it is. Mm -hmm. You can drive down the road and you can see opportunity anywhere. Mm -hmm. Right. In, in the, in, where we live, whether it's Florida, United States, there's no lack of opportunity to make money. Correct. Yeah. yeah. Right. So I've shown people how to make um, money. Literally, like you can start a business for under hundred bucks, hmm. and you can make it a ten thousand dollar a month business. Hmm. I mean, could you imagine that? Like, that's pretty here's, nice. Here's a hundred. Th- here's a hundred dollars. How can I turn my hundred dollars into? 100k yeah. this year. Yeah. I think a lot of it is asking the right questions. It you is. Know? Yeah. And you have to get over doing the things that you want to do. Mm-hmm. Right? So oft- oftentimes we we do the things we have to do so that later on we can do yeah. the things we want to do. And you kind of touched on that in the very beginning. Um I feel like that's something that's so common, you know, find something you love to do and you'll never work a day in your life. Um how do you feel about that saying? Yeah, I, I don't agree with it. That's what I was going to say, yeah. but I, I didn't want to like contradict. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah, so, I, I just feel like it's something that um, you do what you have to do. Like you said, you yeah. do do what's effective and then you can do what you want to do. Right. Um, but what you enjoy doing, if you know, that may not pay the bills. Yeah. You have to be sometimes you just have to put your head down and, and just work at something yeah. that is going to provide for you mm-hmm. to have something you want down the road. Right. And yeah. that's exactly right. And you know, a lot of times people will develop hobbies, um, which hobbies are good and they, they have a spot, right? Mm-hmm. But when we try to transition our hobbies into things that make us money, <coughs> the pressure goes up mm. on our hobby. So now what was relaxing. You start to enjoy it less. Now you're like, I need it to cover its own expenses. Mm-hmm. Now I want it, man, it's time consuming. It's taking all my time. Um, Michael Gerber, if you've read the book E-Myth. 
I've heard very good things about okay. that. So one of the first stories that he writes, and I, I relate to this a lot, is he's he, and I'm probably going to butcher the story. So <laughs> I'm sure if Michael Gerber listens <laughs> yeah. to this, he won't be mad. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so he essentially uses the example of a baker, and this you know lady says uh, she loves and enjoys baking pies. She does it as a hobby out of her house. <clears throat> All of her friends are like, "Oh, you should open a business." Bacon pies. You're just such a such a, a great pie baker. You know this is mm-hmm. your thing. So she does, and so she ends up getting uh, a loan to start her business, and she has to buy equipment, and she has to have a place to put it, and she starts advertising, and but she's the one doing the work, and so she's up there at four a.m. She's making all this product. She's doing the books. She's doing the marketing. She's running operations, doing wearing all the hats, everything, and then she, yeah, she's maybe getting home at midnight just to go back and do it again. Well, look, after six months of doing that, you hate making pies, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> so often we try to, uh, we hire wrong. And that's what he's really talking about is he's like, she's the entrepreneur in the picture. Like She's the dreamer. She's the creative. She's the communicator. And what she's done is she's demoted herself twice. So she's gone from oper- uh, entrepreneur to manager just to run operations, but then she's demoted herself again to a technician. Yeah, to the baker. Yeah. Mm. So what we have to do as businesses, and this is one of the things that that I talk about with with my clients, is um, it's it's making sure that you set your business up to delegate later, even if you're brand new. You still want to set up your business in order to minimize your your personal active processes. And all that comes down to is developing systems. Mm-hmm. A lot of new business owners don't even know what that means. What does that mean, develop systems? Yeah. You know? Yeah, so f- for those who don't know, we talk about systems a good amount on the podcast, okay. but it's such a important topic. And mm-hmm. like you said, there's so many people who either don't do it or don't even understand right. it. So give a rundown of what systems are. Yeah, so I was talking with a client uh, this morning, and she had that same question. Like, everybody tells me I need systems. What does that mean? So for me, the way I do things, everybody's different, but the way I do things, I love a mind map. Okay. If you ever familiar with an X mind I have a buddy who is <laughs> obsessed with it, but I've never really dipped my foot into so it. So I won't <laughs> say I'm obsessed with it, but it really helps me clarify and get clarity on where everything is. And so I just started a mind map for her company name. And then essentially, if you were the CEO of a your company at a million dollars a year, how would you have it separated out, right? How What departments would you have? Hmm. And so I just asked her, what departments would she have? Well, she'd have a marketing department. <clears throat> she'd have operations. She'd have human resources. Yeah. She'd have all these departments go through those departments and then in each one, what are they responsible for? What's human resources responsible for? Well, they're responsible for hiring standards and payroll and all these things. And then within each one of those, now I said, begin to develop your process for, for how you handle things. these things. Mm. Yeah. And I think a lot of times, especially with people that are moving from their nine to five or working for somebody else to being an op- entrepreneur that's working for yourself, we forget that there are no rules. <laughs> right? We get to create these rules yeah so we're trying to like develop these systems that look like other companies systems and sometimes that's okay to have that basic framework yeah but it's your it's your company like if if you want operations to run payroll fine you know operations now runs payroll right so that's it's your company it's about finding what's most effective for your model for your for your company Yeah. yeah so that's really what i walked her through was like how do you separate and then all your systems and processes have to make sh- you have to make sure that um, there's equality in those. Yeah, yeah. You know that you're holding everyone to the same standards, and this is really what sets apart your what I call beer money, Bob, um, the 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 company owner that all they're in it for is what they can little bit they can get on the side while they still have their nine to fiver. Nothing wrong with that. Yeah. If that's your dream right your goal or if you're really you're an entrepreneur you want to scale scale and i even suggest would you ever be able to sell your business Hmm. right is it set up in such a way that it it revolves around you or can you walk away from your business and it still operate and i think um uh, robert kiyosaki's rule is if you can walk away from your business for one year 
and come back and it's still running, then it's considered passive, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. Other than that, you have a job. It's a job. Yeah. Right? And I think that's what a lot of people, um, a lot of people, I relate everything to real estate because obviously that's what we're in. Sure. A lot of realtors don't view themselves as business people. Mm-hmm. Um, or as entrepreneurs or even CEOs of their own business, which essentially, you know, if you're the one out selling and making money, bringing home commissions, you are a business, you mm-hmm. know? Um, but I think a lot of people on top of that, even if they treat it like a business, um, I just lost my train of thought, man. What were we just talking about? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was on a roll. Yeah. yeah. Systems processes. Yeah. We uh, were, you were just saying how, um, oh, if you can step away from it, oh, right, right. then it's considered a business. That's what it was. Um, sorry about that. So. I think that's the other thing too, is everybody has everything up here mm-hmm. and they, they never actually operate like a business. Sure. Even if you're the only person in the business, yeah. um, you still have to have those systems. You right. can't just fly by the seat of your pants. And I think a lot of people, they just do it because yep. they never take the time. And they get stuck there. Yeah. Right. They get stuck because they don't know how to out. turn something over to somebody else. Even the simple things, you know, and I think the rule should always be as a business owner is get as much off your plate that you don't aren't required to do. Mm-hmm. That's why VAs are so popular right now. Virtual assistants are so popular because um, as a real estate agent, like you don't have to take your phone calls if you don't want to. Yeah. Right. You can get a VA to set all your appointments for you. Yeah. Do you need to set your own appointments? No. No, you don't. Yeah. So it's taking that. But what we do, what we tend to do is we tend to maybe get a little bit prideful about all the things that we do. Only I can do this. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's kind of what, it, it's kind of gotten me in trouble before. Um, matter of fact, quick story, I was sitting across from somebody at a table and they said, they looked at me and they were impressed, right? As, as some people could be. I, to me, I'm just me. <laughs> but I have four, these four businesses, seven kids, been married forever. Like, yeah. wow, you get all this. How do you do all this stuff? And I'm just being completely humble here tonight. Like, I took that pridefully. Like, oh, yeah, look at what all I can handle. (laughs) So what did I do? I started adding stuff. I was like, look, I handle everything so well. Well, it ends up biting you. And you're like, what am I doing Mm, here? Interesting. Well, and what you find out is your plate size didn't change. <laughs> yeah, right? yeah. That's we actually were out to dinner with another realtor the other day, and he he used that same. Ana- he had okay. a burger, and he was like, yeah. you know, if you take things off the plate and move it, um, then you have less on your plate, but the plate size doesn't change. Right. It was yeah. that exact yeah. same thing, and yeah. I was like, man, that's a really that's it's interesting. Tr- it's true, yeah. and we do it to ourselves. Yeah, right. So now, you know, you're you're in a in a business where you're like, how can I take more off of my plate? And there's a lot of emotional things that go through that you go through because you feel like guilty a little bit. Like mm-hmm. I'm not doing enough. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe that you're just not doing enough of the right things. Mm-hmm. Right. So in my in my businesses, the one on one interaction with the customers are what I do best. So on for power washing, I don't need to go run the sprayer like that's a that can be taught very easily. That's a tech position. Mm-hmm. I, I'm not required to drive the truck. You know, I don't yeah. need to swipe the card for fuel. I don't I don't need to do those things. What I need to do is I need to make sure my guys are booked. Like that's my job. Yeah. And so I don't do those other things unless I have to. I make sure my jobs are booked. Because what I've found is if I have to book the jobs and do the jobs, I'll pull back on the booking. Mm. It's that classic roller coaster. Yeah. Because yeah. I don't have time. I don't want to do that job. Whatever, whatever the reason is, right? Yeah. So I, I found that if I'm the one doing and b- booking and doing the jobs, then I pull back so much on the on the booking that, yep. you know, then you end up wasting losing money. Yeah, that's good. We're going through a similar process uh, with the with our business. I say our business. More is there something noise over there? It's, I think it's my phone buzzing. <laughs> my oh really? Oh yeah yeah. I thought it was the AC for a second. <laughs> Sorry. My no, you're fine. No, that's you're fine. Okay. We'll just cut I'm that just out. Gonna... I have a podcast appointment right now. So. Oh, uh-huh. <laughs> do you? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Sorry. I'll just clip that little <laughs> snippet yeah, out. My no, cut that. no problem. No problem. There's what, been worse. I'm sorry. What, what were you saying? No, all I was saying is uh, that's an interesting... Uh, it's an interesting lesson to teach because it's hard to learn Mm -hmm. and we've just been learning it ourselves lately. Um, you know how Mike is the rainmaker. He's the one that goes and finds business and then he hired me to help him coordinate those transactions Mm -hmm. and make sure everything went smoothly, which is, you know, still in the process of, 
of refinement. Right. But uh, but now we're kind of getting to that point where that needs to be his focus, and I can take everything else that. Yeah. Yeah. I know. mean, it's the same thing. I don't need to be ordering a survey. Yeah. I don't right. need to call in and schedule these like showings. Mm-hmm. Um, but so it's there's a principle that's hard to learn. It, yeah. It's, it's easier just to have someone like you be like, yeah. "Hey, I, I actually learned it the hard way. Here's what you do to make that happen." Yeah. So everything that you're doing now, document it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And then just keep changing the document as you refine the process, and then you've got a system. That way, I don't mean I don't mean this negatively, but if you're ever out of that position, somebody, somebody else can be dropped into that exactly. position, correct? Yes, and write immediately. it like a th- I always tell everybody: write like a third grader. <laughs> All your so processes and stuff, write them, yeah, hmm. like you're a third grader, and well um, you know that's just a communication thing, right? Not using big words. We love to use big words when we're talking and things, mm-hmm. but if you think about the best orators, the best communicators, they all spoke. I don't mean dumb, but like at a lower grade level. Very simply. Best communicator, recent communicator, uh, like him or love him, Donald Trump. I mean, he <laughs> knew how to connect with people, mm. right? Yeah. Not because he had a big vocabulary, <clears throat> not that he doesn't, <clears throat> but he spoke to where people would connect and understand. You yeah, know? you always knew what he was Ex- meaning. He was on par. I mean, he was, yeah, there was never any beating around the bush. Yeah. And you take that and compare it to other speakers in the same um, realm of things and sometimes the words get bigger people don't really understand what they're saying you know whatever so as far as your processes and your systems in, in a company same thing right you don't need legal jargon there's a place for that but it's not in making sure that somebody orders a survey yeah right that needs to be crystal clear so that anybody can be dropped in that position and you're not there to train them they know exactly what to do yeah right yeah. and that's the forefront of developing all your systems and processes. And tr- so how, what advice would you give to any business owners then who are trying to filter through and, and determine, okay, this needs my personal touch or this doesn't. Yeah. And that's a very, very simple question you have to ask yourself. Um, so a lot of what we do is as a coach is I'm just going to ask you a bunch of questions, Yeah. right? I'm going to say what, seriously, what is it that you don't have to do? Oh, well, you know, and, pe- and people will tell you, and you have to answer these honestly. Well, I have to be the one that drops off uh, muffins at the real estate office, right? Why? Why do you have to do that? Well, yeah. because I know so-and-so over there and, you know. Yeah. So what we have to do as business owners is we have to say 100% performance is never going to happen, right, ever. Yeah. So we have to, the first thing we have to do is lower our expectations of our crew because there's nobody that's ever going to run your business like you do. There's no one that's ever going to have the vision for your business, for your ministry, like you do. You can raise people up and you can um, teach them and train them. And and there are people that care, but there's never going to be someone who cares like you Mm -hmm. care. Right? Like I I have seven kids. No one is going to love my kids like a dad, like I am. Yeah. Right. Now, there may be somebody else that can babysit those kids or whatever. And they I'm care. not explaining. I'm not. Yeah, and I'm not ex- expecting them to be a dad. Mm-hmm. I'm expecting them to make sure my kids stay alive. Yeah, <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> don't right? burn the house down. So, yeah. did the muffins make it? That's yeah. all we care about, right? <laughs> we don't care if you talk to Betty at the front desk and if she's doing okay. Yeah, we just want to make sure that the the product made it the right place, the right time, mm-hmm. and made it the right person. So, did the muffins make it. Take it down. To 90%, you know, expectations on employees and delegates, Hmm. people you're delegating. Um, It just, because we have this in our head, it's a vision. We have a way things, the way things, uh, we expect the way things to go. But then there's reality, which is um, how we all do things differently, you know. So when you can say, okay, well, you know, what's not quite how I would do it. Um, but it's but it's it okay. Down. Yeah. Then not only are you empowering that person to make a decision, thus by preventing micromanaging, right? You're also saying w- your decision was was a good decision. It was good, you know. Yeah. Plus, it took the workload off of you. Uh, last year, I had somebody. All they did was answer my phones. That's it. Hmm. Oh my gosh, the amount of time I had back. I'll bet. Just from not answering the phone yeah. and making appointments and things like that. So can you find someone else to answer your phone if that's the thing that's taking up your time, mm-hmm. right? 
versus the thing that only you can do. So you're a real estate agent, only you can sell a house, <clears throat> right? If you're not a licensed real estate agent, yeah, there are certain things that only you can do, yeah, right? So anything that is not related to that, we're starting to delegate. We're starting to find somebody that can take care of marketing. Yeah. Right. We're starting to find somebody that can handle phones coming in. We're starting to find somebody that can can order the the surveys and the appraisals and we're finding someone who can do those things. Um, so we've been talking a lot about the the different processes and systems mainly. That's been what we've mm-hmm. been discussing. Um, but I was really intrigued by, as I said before we hit record, um, you know, we could talk about a lot of different things, but I think you bring unique experience to the table in regards to the coaching and consulting. Mm-hmm. Um, so at what point, and you kind of already touched on this, but at what point did you decide to make that transition um, from from owning and operating businesses, which is I'm sure exciting and you have a passion for, to, okay, I can I can teach this yeah. and, and I can charge to teach this. Sure, and I think there's a lot of <clears throat> emotional things, maybe uh, even life events that go into that. Hmm. Um, but starting something is difficult, right? Starting anything is difficult. Um, sometimes for guys like us, we, that's the part we enjoy, but once it's started, like sometimes we lose interest, right? (laughs) Yep. Yep. (laughs) Yeah. So that's not uncommon. Uh, and it's not unacceptable. Um, but what I have found is it can be expensive, (laughs) <laughs> yeah, just moving from one thing to the next. Yeah, and that's and that's not because you always are going to have to have a visionary, right? And that's the visionary's job. As soon as I say I'm stuck here, then I have demoted myself from visionary or communicator to muscle, mm. right? Management or actual muscle labor, and each one of those positions brings a different value to the workplace. Each is necessary, right? Yeah. All are necessary, but not not all are equal. All have importance. Um, but there's a value that's brought differently from muscle versus a creator, right? A visionary, someone that can get up, project an idea and have management and muscle fall in and say, yeah, let's do this and grab that vision. So for me, what I found was, um, I had a lot to offer and it wasn't, um, me spraying houses, right? That's valuable to the homeowner. Hmm. Yeah. That's it, just to the homeowner. It's valuable to me as far as an income goes, but I wasn't adding value to anyone yeah. in doing that. You're just going and doing a job. That's right, and there's nothing wrong with it, so so don't take it that way for anyone that's listening. But I felt like I needed to be in a position where I added value to empowerment, mm-hmm. for lack of a better word, to somebody else. And so that always comes at a cost, Right. And we see that in the church model. We see it in the business model. Anytime you bring value, there's a cost associated with it. There's an investment associated with that. Um, What they say is true. Those who pay, pay attention. Hmm. Those who pay more, pay more attention. Hmm. So the difference between a paid client and an unpaid client, because everybody wants something for free. Yeah. They're called free bull, right? (laughs) It's that person in your life that wants everything for free. Mm -hmm. Then the next step up is cheaple. People that want, they want a discount, (laughs) right? I want... I want what you have, but I want a discount on it. Yeah. Right? We all know these people. And uh, and so you... And if you don't know any, you probably are that person. <laughs> you are that person <laughs> if you don't know them, right? And uh, so so you have these people, and and when they don't pay, when they make the... Cho- like, I've done free coaching. It doesn't work. Hmm. It doesn't work. It's not that I can't bring the same value to somebody, but there is no value. Hmm. Right, because there's been no exchange of value. Value is always exchanged. Hmm. Right? It's you exchange money for being you exchange money for a book. The book adds value to you if you yeah. read it. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you could even say status, right? You're exchanging status, we call them dollars, for the hope of a higher status, which is your coaching, your training, your learning. We do it with college education, right? You're trading dollars for the value that the uh, college is going to add to you, yeah. right? So yeah. coaching is no different. Um, the The accountability is something that as a person who's hired a coach before, I have to have, 
a fitness coach. You ever hired a fitness coach? Mm-hmm. I want that guy breathing or girl breathing down my neck saying, why didn't you do your 10 push-ups? Yeah. Right? That's what I need to, to engage. Yeah. Right? So free coaching, um, it doesn't work because people blow you off. Uh, they they don't make their appointments. They don't check in with you. They ignore invested. you. There's no investment made. Um, paid coaching, they know where you are as the coach. And they want to know why you weren't on the phone call. <laughs> but they're also willing to do anything that you ask them to do, right? They've put trust in you. So how this all started was I was going to make some videos. I was just going to do this, you know, if you ever heard of Russell Brunson, he's got the, the yeah. potato gun, right? Mm-hmm. His big epiphany was I'm going to sell these plans on the internet, on the Google uh, back when Google was brand new yeah. for the potato gun, CO2 powered air compressor, whatever. So he sold these plans so somebody could build it. Well, that was his, like, that's where he started. He just made these videos, sold these videos. And so my thing was, like, I'm just going to make these videos. I'm going to sit in front of a camera and I'm going to tell people how to start a business. Like, mm. I know how to do this, right? I can help you with marketing, building systems, yeah. employing people. And so I had somebody approach me, like, what do you think about doing these videos? And I said, yeah, I, I really want to. It takes a lot of time, energy, effort. And he said, well, I know somebody that may be able to help you out. Skip the videos. And I said, well, I don't, okay, tell me, tell me about it. And he's like, well, it's a, you know, great guy. It's another coach, coach mm. of coaches. Yeah. And he's like, he, he will work, he will work with you and get you to build, help you build a system that um, is essentially your coaching business. And he's like, well, how much, how much do you think, this may blow your mind, you can cut it out later if you want to or whatever, but he's like, well, what are you going to sell for these, what are you going to sell these videos for? It's like, I don't know, man, 60 bucks or something, you know, just get it out on the internet and see what it does. Yeah, just yeah. go for volume maybe. Yeah, so whatever. Mm-hmm. I can do the work once and it's passive. I don't have to worry about it. He's like, what if we developed your coaching program and you could sell each coaching package for 10 grand? And I'm like, well, that's a big difference. That's a lot of sales bucks. of 60 yeah. bucks. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. And he's saying like per client, 10 mm-hmm. grand. Right? Yeah. Wow. And I'm like, yeah, I, I had a hard time buying it. For myself, like you, you have to qualify yourself. Like how? Because now, am I worth ten grand? Yeah, that's one of my worth? next questions. Yeah. Like, how do I value myself at ten thousand dollars? Yeah. And this was what helped me out a lot. Was he said, "What can you offer people?" And I said, "Well, I can get them easily. Easily is the key word. Easily from zero, from starting point to a hundred k a year first year if they'll do what I say, right?" And he's like, so if you charge somebody 10% of that, mm-hmm. is Correct. that worth it? Yeah. Yep. Like, yeah. And now they I have told, a business that will it's presumably turnkey. work for them. They flatten yeah. the curve. So the question is like, what does it cost to not do it? Well, I know what my business can make in a year. And every year that I don't maximize the volume of my business, I'm leaving money on the table. Mm. Right, so two or three years of organic, we'll say organic versus coached growth, you're gonna end up leaving literally hundreds of thousands of dollars on the table year one yeah. and year two, mm-hmm. until you have mastered your marketing, your system, your message, your processes. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. And so, and there's a lot of hiccup there, right? Like, oh my gosh, that's a lot of dollars. Yeah, but what are you leaving on the table by, by not? Getting somebody who's gone through this, experienced this, you know, and will be with you in the trenches, right? That's what a coach is all about. That's right. It's not just the system. It's like, I'm going to be there with you. I'm on the sidelines with you, cheering you on. Tell me about your wins, you know? Yeah. And so I have, I have a client that she just started, I think it's only been four weeks. And uh, my goal for her is 10 grand a month in sales. And she was like at 13 or 1400 dollars hmm. for the month and so by the end of week four she texted me and she's like look I'm, we're gonna end up doing like almost two grand this week in sales i'm like that's a substantial difference yeah you were doing that huge. in a month yeah right? yeah yeah and we've only been together for four weeks hmm. and it's not a ton of money but it's that snowball that's you know, the getting thing it going yeah and trying things and and not wasting a lot of time doing things that don't work yeah. right so number one thing that every business wants what do you think it is? You, you can answer this question. What do you want as a business owner? Mm. You said, if I could just get more, then things would be 
set. I feel for like me. a lot of people feel like <laughs> leads. Leads. Yeah. That's what they feel like it is. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So so a lot of what we do is we have we you have to retrain people because leads are not the problem. That's yeah. what I was gonna say. Yeah. yeah. It's easy to get leads. Mm-hmm. Relatively easy to get yeah. leads. Once you get going, you find an ad that works, you find a medium that works, you just pump money into it, right? Once you've mastered Google ads, you just Give it more money, and it gives yeah, you more phone you calls. More people, yeah. Right? Yeah. But what do you do with those people? You got to follow up. You got to have a. You got to have something in place. Yeah. Right. It's kind of like um, at church. We call it closing the back door. If you get people in the front door, but you don't have a way to handle them, you don't have programs for their kids. Let's just say you don't have enough seats. Mm. Right. You don't have the things ready. It doesn't matter how good your ad is. It doesn't matter how many people called you. It doesn't matter how many people walked in the building. They're going to walk out mad, mm-hmm. right? So leads aren't it. So I spend a lot of my time convincing people like, yeah, okay, we're going to get you leads. Leads take time to get sometimes. But what are you going to do when you have so many leads yeah. that you can't operate your business and you're frustrated and now you're ready to quit because you have so much business? New business owners don't see it. Because they're like, well, I want to be in that position. Yeah. Like, we can get you there. Yeah. But you don't want to get there, mm-hmm. right? Let's, in the meantime, let's start developing these. So my my whole goal is not a stress-free business growth, but frustration-free. Hmm. You know, I want to be able to take you from zero to at least $10,000 a month in, in sales, frustration-free. Right? It's just Yeah, there's always going to be stress. Right. Yeah. The bottom Part line is running a business, it's going to be stressful. Yeah. Um, but that's, that's an interesting distinction because yeah, yeah, frustration, frustration is very different Mm -hmm. when you're having to spend your own money on things that have already been tested and maybe don't work. And you don't like the, the DIYers, I'm a DIYer. I like to do, do things myself. Yeah. If I get on YouTube and I try to DIY myself to a successful business, there's going to be things that are missed, right? That's the benefit of a system is I don't miss anything. Yeah. Like we go from step one to step two and we don't, and then we go to step three and we don't skip step three to go to step four. But if you're on YouTube and you're pulling this information, this information fragmented, you don't even know what you're missing. Yeah. You don't know what's not being given to you. Right. So to take somebody from, from to through a stress free business or frustration free and not stress free essentially is you have a place to go where you can say, I don't know what I'm doing, but I know you do. Hmm. And I think that's the answer for most business owners is when they get stuck or stalled, it's not that they're not trying. Yeah. It's not that they're not putting 100% of their effort into. Just don't know what to they do. They don't know what to do. Yeah. They're lost with what to do. We And this this girl, she's like, we've read every book. We've watched every <laughs> video. We're in every Facebook group. We don't know how to scale our business. Mm-hmm. Like, okay, well, let's back up. Let's see where you are. And then we can start to make adjustments. Yeah. You know? yeah. I mean, and just relating that to us too, we just had a situation last week where, um, you know, that's why I have a broker. That's why I have somebody who's been in this for right. so long. It's a coach. Ex- yeah. Quite literally coach yeah. and mentor. Yeah. Because I can call him and say, Hey, I got this situation. Mm-hmm. I, I have thought through this whole thing, lost nights of sleep and I don't know what to do. Yeah. And he's like, well, have you tried this? And I'm yeah. like, well, I should have just called you to start <laughs> yeah, off with that. Of I really should have. You know? <laughs> yeah. So, um, right. that's, I, I get what you're saying there. Yeah. I feel like a lot of times having, having someone, and even sometimes it's just someone removed from mm-hmm. the situation, not emotionally can, involved. Exactly. Right. Just offer, you know, up, up advice. Um, and you mentioned just a little bit ago that, that kind of thought change of, you know, a video for 60 bucks versus a coaching package for 10 mm-hmm. grand how would you advise and this is kind of like a a two for question so number one at what point do you feel like someone who is is successful in in any kind of business could potentially make a a switch over to coaching Mm -hmm. um and then how do you feel like or what advice would you give to people who are struggling with um their value or you know they they should be charging more but maybe they they're that kind of yeah, so, so for coaching thing. specifically yes please okay yeah so I, I i remember that question you asked me about the imposter syndrome yeah it, what, what do you mean by that yeah like, so basically um 
it's something that is in a lot of like newer beginner and it's kind of been like coined. So like beginner service-based people. So mm-hmm. for me as a realtor, when I first started, um, I was 20 years old. Mm-hmm. And so there was a point about three, four months in where I got started getting contracts and started getting deals. And I had my broker behind me supporting me, mm-hmm. but for the most part, it was me handling my transactions. And after I started getting those first couple of paychecks, I was like, I'm 20 years old. I've never bought a house. Right. Why should I be getting paid this much money Mm. or we had a photographer friend who um you know she just um i don't know if she just started charging for her sessions or just upped her prices or something but um she just made a post saying how you know she kind of she felt like it's it's a difficult switch to make um and it's hard to to know and understand your own value Mm -hmm. um and and assign a dollar amount to that sure and i think everything is going to be graduated Hmm. right so when I was working for a pizza place and I was making $14 an hour, that was good money for where I was. Yeah. And as I graduated into making what I, I call now, I say it jokingly, doctor money, right? <laughs> Washing house, because that's what it is, mm. right? You're making a six plus figures a year, yeah. slinging a little bit of bleach on the house. And of course, I mean, we do it well and we make sure our customers are happy and yeah. things. Um, but... We, it's oversimplified, of course. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think that you, you, this may be mind blowing, but we always, even right now, there's no one person, I, I don't believe, um, that is underpaid in the United States. Hmm. I believe that everybody gets paid according to the value they bring to the marketplace. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I definitely agree. If, oh, yeah. If you're going to bring that value to the marketplace, uh, then you're going to get paid for it. But the but if you don't, you're not going to. So if you looked at yourself, you said, I don't get paid enough. How can I bring more value yeah. to that marketplace? I right? think that's the biggest thing. Even, and this is a rabbit trail, a big rabbit trail, but like minimum wage, yeah. you know, people get paid in proportion to the problems they solve sure. or the, the value they bring. I, th- I think that's along the same lines of what right. you're saying. Uh, absolutely, yeah. A minimum wage, you know, we we uh, was never designed to be a permanent place exactly. to A living to wage out. for people. Right. Mm-hmm. It was supposed to be a place where you could run, uh, where you could get in low level, learn some skills, and grow, right? Yeah. Um, the reason that it's a law is because there's too many um, businesses that wouldn't abide and they would pay lower than minimum wage based on what someone felt their value was, mm-hmm. right? So if you have somebody that feels like their value is $2 an hour and they come and they are like, hey, you know, I, I feel like that's what I'm worth. Heck, I'll pay $2 an hour. Right. <laughs> so we have sure. the minimum wage. The minimum yeah. wage was not there to support the, I mean, it's there to protect the employee, um, but it wasn't supposed to be a place to stay, hmm. you know? So you refine your skills, you're better at it, you bring something to the workforce that's valuable, and you'll always be paid commensurate with the value that you bring to the market, hmm. always. So right now, do I feel like I bring $10,000 worth of value to the marketplace? It's hard for me uh, because I've just started, hmm. right, to to say, yeah, you know, this is proven, just like your friend just increased prices. I always tell my clients, always be increasing your prices. Mm-hmm. That's not even a good grammatical sentence, but always be <laughs> doing that, right? Yeah, yeah. And so, like, for power washing, we're always increasing prices. When we first started out, we didn't have any market share. Zero. Yeah. But so, now. full supply, no demand. So you charge less, you gain experience, you get your reviews, you get notoriety in your community, your trucks out there, you're improving your processes, your systems, your customer service is going up. Then you say, hey, my demand is increasing, so my prices will increase also. Mm. Same thing is true with coaching. I'm not high demand. Mm. So I'm not at the $10,000 mark. That's where I want to be and maybe yeah. even higher. But like my coaching packages aren't that high right now yeah. because I know I'm new, right? I've just started this. I'm not a high demand coach, right? Uh, I know what I can do, yeah. but no one else does. Yeah. And that's, yeah, you have to prove that track right? record over time. It's got to be proven. Hmm. Is there uh, a, a way that you would advise people to know you know, maybe it's if you're too busy, you should increase your prices. Is that like, would that be a good? Yeah. So people, 
common misconceptions, and I have some power washing friends that um, operate on the opposite side of my mentality. Neither one is right or wrong. Um, But his mentality specifically is just book the job. I don't care how much it is. You know, here's our minimum price. Just get its volume, Hmm. volume, volume, volume. And he does well. Uh, I work a whole lot less than he does. And he he makes more money than me because he has the volume. But per hour, I know I make more money than he does. Mm. Right. Because every time the phones are off the hooks, my prices are going up. If you need a service done, I mean, let's just be honest, pressure washing is a luxury service, right? It's not like you have to have yeah, your house washed. Yeah. <laughs> so you might, like if you're moving out or something, but it's a luxury service. You know, there's no one in dire need of a house wash, right? Like yeah. I have to have this. That's like one of the last things. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's not like I'm, I'm you know, your 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 um, ideal client is different in that industry. Mm-hmm. And so I've slowly over the years, I've increased my minimum prices. So that if I used to be, I'd show up for anything. Yeah. Because that's what you do when your schedule's open. Yeah. Right? And then you in, when you get busy, you increase your prices a little bit. It's you, Again, there's no rules. Yeah. Right? This is your business. <laughs> yeah. If you go too high, guess what? No one's going to hire no you. No one's going to hire you. Yeah. So what do you do? You come back down and, and you find that middle ground. And eventually you become that person in your field, whatever field it is, where they're like, I would pay a lot of money to spend 10, 15 minutes with that person. Mm-hmm. You know, or for them to fix my car, to go buy a car there, to buy my house from them because they've got clout, they've got market share. Yeah. So your prices always should be going up as your business is expanding and growing, developing clout, getting those reviews and those um, ratings and things back from your your clients because those are, uh, in any business you know this, you have to build three things in order for someone to do business with you. you ha- they have to know you. Have to like you, and, trust and they have to trust yeah, you. Right? Yeah, yeah. So your referrals and your reviews are trust on credit, hmm. right? So someone else is going to give you cr- trust to come to their house based on what Some, someone else said yeah, about you. That's interesting, right? It's yeah, like that social proof, right? It's on credit though. Hmm. You can blow it. Yeah, interesting. I like that. Yeah, yeah. I feel like that's that's a good clip. Great right analogy. Yeah. yeah. So I've I've signed up for things that I found out later were bad. Because of the person that recommended it. Hmm. Like, I've dropped a lot of money, you know, tens of thousands of dollars on things because I had a friend that I trusted. Yeah. And he said, dude, you need this. And you I'm don't like, trust cool. Sign. <laughs> I do, actually. Yeah, it's funny. <laughs> no, I really, like, I had to question myself, <laughs> yeah, right? I yeah. was like, hey, this is the it. second time I've done this. What's, how do I really feel about his advice? And I'm like, yeah, I mean, you know, maybe I didn't get what I was expecting, but I got a lot out of that. Yeah. Whatever it was, probably a coaching package. I love buying coaching just as much as I love selling it because yeah. I know it's adding value to me. Yeah. You know, I've gone through Grant, uh, not Grant Cardone, um, uh, the compound effect. What's that guy's name? Oh, man. You know what I'm talking about? Yeah, I've read that book. Wonderful book. Went through his coaching. Loved it. Um, that's going to kill me. I was going to say Dan something, but that's um, not it. I've read it a long time ago. Darren Hardy. Darren, okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. So, uh, you know, and then I've, I've spent money on coaches, and I've had f- my share. Obviously, I've had my fair share of fitness coaches. Yeah, no, we can <laughs> tell, man. You look great. Thanks. <laughs> Where are well, you currently going to the gym? Yeah, I'm in I'm, my I'm house. Oh, really? I have a COVID gym. Okay, yeah. Yeah, awesome. It's all, it's, I've spent a lot of money on that gym. Have you it really? looks really nice. I'll bet it does. I don't use it No, much. I was just going <laughs> to ask. Yeah, it looks nice. <laughs> it looks pretty, man. The whole rack and everything. Oh, know? that's funny. <laughs> You'll be on all the Facebook lifting group pages. Oh, you know? yeah. <laughs> yep. That's, you post all the pictures that's of your right. beautiful gym. Yeah, yeah, it stays everybody's clean. Everybody's pre-workout is. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny, man. Um, well, there's. I had a few other questions that I kind of had um you know I there was things that I wanted to dissect but I feel like we've covered a lot of ground absolutely um there's two final things that I wanted to ask just kind of one and and maybe this is something that we've covered already Mm but um when when you start a new business how would you summarize and how would you what advice would you give for someone in order to make sure that previous businesses don't don't fail or suffer come back to processes and systems oh you mean um Having too much on the plate? Yeah, yeah. So what I had to do was, so I have four, essentially, I obviously my church is not a business, but we operate it, you know, as a nonprofit, so there's income and expenses and things. Um, 
but I categorize them all in a four priority order of money making activities. Mm. Right. So, uh, and this may tie in a little bit with time management. Okay. Um, so time management, the way that I look at things is you have, uh, priorities, responsibilities, and tasks, right? Tasks and responsibilities may be in there, but priorities are number one. So priorities and responsibilities, there is a vast difference between those two, mm. right? Priorities are your family, you know, your faith. Um, your your job is a priority because it provides your life, right? It's your necessary. ability to, yeah. So what's a responsibility? Picking the kids up from school, right? It's not a priority. Someone else can pick the kids up, hmm. right? Someone else can put gas in your car. That's a responsibility that maybe you have, but it can go away. A priority is something that only you can do. So when you put your calendar together for the week, you're looking at your priorities. Where do these priorities go? And they get scheduled first. That may be your date night, maybe your time with your kids. That may be your work. I mean, you got to schedule your work. But what we tend to do is we tend to schedule our task list first. Hmm. And so what happens is we have a bunch of stuff that keeps us really super busy and our family suffers. Yeah. And our other making money making things suffer and our families suffer uh, and our, our kids aren't seeing us. And, and these are the things that I ran into. So I had to dedicate a time not only in my week, but I had to dedicate my calendar to my family first, mm. my, my faith first. These are the things that define me as a person. Right. So they've got to be a priority for me. Mm-hmm. So if that means like I, I, I go to date night, but something happens at the coffee shop that may have been an emergency for someone, mm-hmm. it probably wasn't an emergency for me. Yeah. You know, uh, life will go on. But my job is to protect my marriage at all costs. Yeah. Right. Does that make sense? Yeah, like that's yeah. your priority. That's it. Mm. You know, like the church closes, the power washing truck gets in a crash and totals the coffee shop closes nobody ever calls me again as a coach fine fine i'll find something else to do yeah but i only want one wife (laughs) right yeah well that's good to know and i don't want somebody else raising my kids yeah like that's my priority and so that's how i go into things the the same way and i'm not a hundred percent at it like i I still have a lot of room sure where i can fix that right yeah but looking at your priorities first and, and, and I'll also say like being a, being the owner or operator, I guess, of, of several businesses isn't for everybody. Yeah. And I would say almost like looking back on it, I probably, I've probably taken on too much, hmm. you know, for me to really keep my priorities where they are. Mm-hmm. Um, life being different, you know, if I didn't have seven kids or if they were all older or whatever, my decisions would be different. Um, but you have to evaluate how is this going to affect my priorities, mm-hmm. right? How is this anything in life? How is this house payment going to affect my priorities? Am I still going to be able to do the things I need to do? Sure. Right. Yeah. How are, how is taking on another business, starting another business or even getting a promotion? How is that going to affect the dinner at the table that my family wants. Yeah. You know, all those things play in. And at the end of the life, and I hate to be so cliche at the end of the life and your life, nobody's going to ask you, did you work hard enough? Right. Some of this stuff just doesn't matter. Yeah, Yeah. that's true. It just doesn't matter in the long term. Yeah. So I don't know if that helps at all, but like, that's that's the answer that I was kind of looking for. You have to be cautious because it's easy, especially as entrepreneurs and visionaries to reach too far. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah into multiple different things, you know, and everything suffers because you still only have a hundred percent of your day. Mm-hmm. Right. So if you have a hundred percent of your day and you're pouring it into what you're dedicated to a hundred percent of the time, it's going to grow. Yeah. But if you start adding stuff to it, something will, something get, will suffer yeah. and it'll go down to mediocrity or worse. Hmm. Right. So it, it can be a mistake and it's definitely a balance and I have to choose. From yeah. one week to the next. Yeah. What is the number one thing for me this week? And some days, hey, you know what? Stuff happens at the coffee shop, and I'm like, it's fine. It's Somebody just else can let it go. It. Yeah. Because something else is more important over here. And yeah. you have to be okay with that hmm. or have a great team. And I have I have a little bit of both. Yeah, well, I'm okay with it, good and balance. I have an okay team. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> All right. Well, we have been recording for a good amount of time now. 
So I, I know you're a busy guy and we got to let you go. But um, first of all, let me just ask you, where sure. do you want us to send people? How can people contact you and, and reach out and learn more about you? So, you know, I'm, I'm pretty accessible. Um, I hate to give out my cell phone number, but I will give a cell phone number that if someone wanted to text, um, I do get the communication on it. It's just not as um, in your face. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. So that number is a local number here. It's 850 604 one one six eight and they can just text me and i'll get it on my phone it's just like i said it's just a little bit less intrusive yeah a little filtered yeah i'm always willing to help anybody um yeah that needs help and is willing to help themselves um yeah i'm, I'm on social media you know i'm here to help people mm-hmm. and um it's just kind of my um Sometimes I don't know how to say no, right, to, yeah. <laughs> to things. You, yeah, yeah. You, know? you want to help. You yeah, do. Yeah. You, you have that desire to help people. And and as a coach, and I have several other coach friends that are like this, like we would almost ra- rather do it for free. Mm-hmm. Like can we just, will you just do it for free? And a lot of us would say, yeah, I'd love to. But then we run into that. Yeah. People just won't do it. You're That's not right. going to do it. Yeah. And then you're not being effective and, and you're right. using your yeah, time. Yeah. yeah. Time. Understandable. Yeah. So that's, I mean, if they want, if somebody wanted to text, they could, of course, um, I'm on social media, Jeremy Harris, you know, here local in Pensacola. And, um, uh, so, um, that's about it. Love yeah. it, man. That's awesome. Well, we'll put some links to some of your socials in the, uh, in the description as well. That's so, right. um, well, yeah, for Jeremy, sure. we appreciate you coming on the podcast. Yeah, I feel like it's been really, really it's been awesome. we've been all over the place, but yeah, cool. uh, a lot of value. So it's really exciting. Awesome. I appreciate yeah, you. Coming. Yeah, for sure. All right. So that was our interview with Jeremy. We appreciate you listening. If you made it this far, um, there was a number of things that I really, really enjoyed about the episode. I feel like there's just a lot of, a lot of little nuggets and, and clips that we'll pull out and, and put on Instagram, just bite sized information. Yeah. Um, I loved talking about the, the processes and things like that. And, um, you know, just, just what's the knowledge in his head. I feel like he was able to convey that really well into the episode. So, uh, we really appreciate you. If you're here, um, still listening, what are you doing? Go listen to another episode.